Hey, welcome to the first episode of the Fused Relative Podcast. This is episode one. We're just getting started. I'm Skulls and Arms, aka Chris. I'm D Infinity X, aka John. And I'm Kirk Buckout, aka Kirk Buckout. That's uh <laughs> I haven't thought of a creative name yet like these two, but uh, I'm working on it. You know what? Stick around to episode four. Maybe I'll get up with a name by then. It's funny because I've had my name for actually me and you, Chris, have both had ours for ever. Years and years. Yeah, One day I'll get in. I'll get into what mine actually means. <laughs> yes, you guys were named. That is correct. You were Chris and you were John. That's everybody <laughs> had. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's that's well. Hey, every. Oh, go ahead. Hey, Chris. everybody. We're gonna be. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing this podcast. Uh, uh, kind of a little bit of everything here. Uh, fused relativity, the whole world, bent time and space, all that kind of crap. Um, most real into like the techie stuff, space, three D printing. That's a huge one. Um, you know, kind of just seeing where the world takes us. Hence the name Fused Relativity. It's kind of the fusion of all reality in and of itself. So anything that happens in reality will be covered by this podcast. And I'm more of the knucklehead numbskull. So if you're a lay person, I'm going to be your guy to root for. Because I'm going to ask the questions that you're going to go, hey, how come it tastes funny? That's going to be... <laughs> Like that all, because it's a 3D printer and you shouldn't eat that. Oh, okay. And then you learn something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully we'll be a little educational. Um, if we have any helpful advice to you, we will surely give it. I don't know how much helpful advice we will have, but, you know, we'll try our best. Before we get into the, the... oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, but before we get into today's, uh, or before we start, I just wanted to uh, bring up the fact that if Chris sounds like he's echoing or it cuts out, it's because he would honestly be better if he unplugged his microphone and plugged it into his toaster. That's kind of messed up, man. But it's true. When you sent me the specs to your computer seeing if it would work... I didn't realize it would be at the bottom of the CPU score list. Look, he's hey. using a speak and spell, okay? It's a speak and speak and spell is a fine computer from way back in the day. Or did you at least move to your you moved away from your laptop or something? A little more powerful? Hey no, technology <laughs> some technology is a slow burn. You really just gotta embrace it for what it is. Like the VCR, everybody still uses those, right? No, no. I mean, I know. Oh, come on. There's a lot of people that do use them, but probably not for, you know, watching videos. It's, yeah, they're called old people or people that just can't let a certain pornography go. Like they can't find their favorite pornography. So I don't know how you couldn't do that, but uh, I think that's the only reason to hold on to a VCR is like there's a couple. Scenes you just can't let go. Look, guys, I don't think we should focus on whether my computer still runs Windows Seven or not. All right, let's let's move I, forward. I'm I'm surprised it's not running XP with how how old that thing is. <laughs> anyway, I what? 
Well, it still this, works. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it time for a dumb technology question yet? Because I got I got a couple. Go ahead. So shoot. Okay, so um, so okay, so the first one is the the is the majority of stuff printed by three D printers. Is it are they essentially is it toys, trinkets, or tools? Like you know what I mean? Are people actually using the stuff, or is it just kind of like stuff to put up on your little mantle to go look what I made? Like I guess yeah. What are the majority of people doing with their printers? I would say actually it's a good question, Kirk. I would say it's a good combination of the three. Trinkets are what get probably printed the most, but tools and toys are probably up there. Uh, let me put it this way. I'm staring right now at a full-size replica of a Mandalorian that was 3D printed. Um, what it's used for, I'll let you be the judge, <laughs> but... It's both a trinket, a toy, and a tool all at the same time. Okay. So can you actually make stuff, like, I don't know, something in your, uh, a plastic thing in your computer breaks or something, you can actually print something and replace it? Oh, that's, yeah, that's not out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. I've printed a, um, uh, just a ring to put over the, my oven. Uh, it had split just from heat and I, or the knob, I should say, sorry, the knob of my oven had split just from the heat and wouldn't stay on the, the metal part of the oven. So I printed a plastic ring to put over it to reinforce it, to put back on the oven. Okay. How about, how about I, uh, I had a, it was a plastic, fake plastic dog turd. Remember those? I had that and then I lost mine. So. 3D printer, could you make fake dog turd? Yes. You you could. Um I don't I don't know why you would, but you could. <laughs> oh, is, and, and, so, do you make your own model? Like you have to draw it, or is there like a place you can kind of go download a template to go, okay, I want you know, or do you have to design your own stuff? Just there's both, Kirk. Uh, there's some very good websites where a lot of smart people put designs for different things up so that you can just click download and print whatever fancies, you know, your pickle. Uh, but also there's lots of programs you can use to design your own models in case you are so inclined. Give me a All second. Right. I'll, right. I'll give you a, a good uh, example of that if I can find it. Uh, just to to that point, Kirk, I did uh, want to give you an example of the other day I had an electric um, griddle frying pan thing that's mm -hmm. probably thirty. It's probably thirty years old, and the foot broke on it. You know, just the plastic foot just finally broke, and so I found a file on the internet that was close enough. Three D printed it, and it fit in. On the griddle, and everything is peachy. All right. Now, have you ever thought about now cleaning it because it's been thirty years, and uh, <laughs> that, that, that is not an option. <laughs> no. All right, just food for thought. So the three D three D planner it cannot it cannot make a clean griddle is what you're saying. You can't. You just can't go. Okay. You actually have to clean it, but that's not going to happen. 
But no, uh, 3D printing is, it, it is wonderful. It's something that you can't, uh, you can print a lot of stuff that makes no difference to anything as far as like trinkets and little goofy things. But there is a lot of potential in a lot of things you can do with it that will be good for everyday life, such as my screen door handle that I printed last summer because it broke. Um, just little tiny things that, sometimes can make you know your life a little easier i guess okay sounds like there's a theme of you breaking stuff i'm just i don't know if there's like anger issues you want to talk discuss or something but it seems like og smash <laughs> no if there's anything i'm good at in this world it's breaking things just because that's how i operate so right all right yeah I'm breaking door angles breaking wind breaking hearts but they're actually they're not they're your it's actually your heart because you just eat a lot of cheese <laughs> <laughs> we said we weren't going to talk about that all right you're very lactose tolerant i apologize i take it back you're a little too <laughs> a little, to be honest you're a little too tolerant you might want to be a little more selective not every meal okay just take one off also kirk not an option right all right uh, D Infinity, did you find what you were looking for? I did, but I just realized, um, well, I might still be sharing it in the Discord there, but you'll be able to see it on the stream. Uh, give me a second. So, oh, oh, hold on. There yeah, we it go. looks like there's a little crown or something. Or did well, you, are you, are so you, this is just you, something. You, you made yourself a king, you egomaniac. <laughs> no, this is just something I've been messing with, um. That I've modeled as like a uh, what would be a good like a tea light not tea light uh, like an LED candle shade, uh, and that's just been something I've been working on as a they call them kind of functional prints. Something that you could use, like you could put this on your table with an LED candle in it, and it would flicker. Yeah, and this particular this particular one looks like kind of a Halloween style. Yeah, and this um, I I mean it still would fall into your category of knickknack, but uh, it also has you know function to it. Okay. Most, most websites you go to for trying to find three files. Um, you'll find a lot of cell phone holders, tablet holders, you know, people trying to make these little functional items that will do things to help you out uh, without having to go to a store and buy it. Or, you know, it's something that is designed one way, but uh, will work for multiple brands, not just one. Right, like a universal remote, but it's a universal cell phone cover for, yeah. I saw a lot, of, it seems a lot of flexible stuff. It seems like what it mainly does. Is there like a way, if you, is there a way to make it hard and like kind of almost bake it? Like in a, is there a little sort of 3D bake oven, I guess, to, well, to make it solid? You can make it solid and it's already, when it finishes printing, it's not like it's, it's not flexible plastic. It's rigid plastic. The printer itself just gets hot enough to turn it into a, I don't want to say molten, but makes it to the point where it can extrude it in layers um, 
And then when it cools, it is, I wouldn't say it's obviously as strong as, uh, you know, if it was like an injection He-Man? molded plastic. Is it as strong as He-Man? No. The, the story <laughs> I was going to go with this. Um, so I don't know if Chris has seen or printed these, but they had these telescoping uh, lightsabers that you could 3D print. And I thought, well, you know, I've got two kids. That would be fun to um, print and mess around with, like, you know, those ones we had growing up. Uh, at the time, I had a 4K monitor for my main computer. Um, and this was just before Thanksgiving. Actually, it was, it was right after Thanksgiving. It was Black Friday. And my littlest one, who was five at the time, was swinging it around and it just happened to snap. She didn't tell me that it had hit my 4K monitor like square in a corner and just shattered the entire screen. No. I didn't know till uh till I went back to play or to use it and my very nice 4K monitor was no longer uh working. All right. Well, I, I think you kind of buried the lead in that. I think, I, you know, because like a lightsaber is like it, it, it murders people. It cuts people in half and you go, hey, I can make one of those and give it to my children. Like, does anyone like, come, I'm not. a. That seems come on. That's that, let's give them a murderous thing to cut each other in half. It'll be good for them. So well, I'm the interesting, interesting I'm, thing here is that we should point out that Skulls and Arms and D-Infinity are both uh, users and owners of 3D printers, and Kirk does not know much about them. So any questions that he does ask will be uh, questions come from someone who doesn't know the topic. Well, and yeah, and to get back to Kirk's point there, I mean... Growing up, I guess with Chris can attest to this, but we did dumb shit all the time <laughs> to each other. I, it sure. usually wasn't with little plastic swords. It was with sticks and stuff. Generally, you know, rocks, whatever was available. You know, later on it was BB guns and stuff, but... So it, it it progressed. It worked its way. So you're yes. like, okay. So you know, start them and then give them a crossbow later. It'll, it'll be fine. I mean, that's yeah. That's kind of how it works with us. <laughs> All right. We, and then there's a horrible accident with the crossbow, and they're like, okay, let's take the crossbow away. And a couple months later, well. So the in the interesting part here, Kirk, is that what we've kind of found with 3D printing is that uh, injection molding, which is what they usually do for most of your toys and trinkets and things like that, it's easier and cheaper, which is why it's been done for so long. But 3D printing is a little more accessible to the modern person, you know, you can have one on your desktop, and if you're somewhat handy, you can print something that you may need without having to order, you know, 10,000 of them. 
Okay. Yeah. You don't need a little bag of a th yeah, a hundred of them. Okay. So then, if you could like make as you know, you can like a, a Xerox. You could Xerox print a copy of your ass. Can you Xerox a three D copy of your ass? Could you do that? Theoretically, not exactly Xerox. Uh, another hobby I get into or um, getting into is uh, I'm going to butcher this name horribly. It's photogemetry. But you take a lot of pictures of a certain thing in a specific way, and then you can recreate it into a 3D model. So that would work. That's kind of what they're I, coming. They're coming out with three now to where you can use uh, a 3D scanner to scan all sides of an object and get a 3D model made from that scanner. The problem is, is it's a fairly new technology and it's expensive, but I suppose if you wanted to use a 3D scanner on your ass, you totally could. Okay, so it would be like at the uh, last time I was at the dentist, like they had me sit in this thing and like a, a camera spun all the way around me and like it made like a deep, like a, a model of my whole head or teeth or whatever. So it'd be something like that, but the average person doesn't have that because it's too expensive. Yeah, and that's usually x-ray more so than um, anything else. Okay, I don't need to x-ray my ass. I could skip that. <laughs> yeah, no, that that, that wouldn't work so well. Teeth, teeth work so, great for scanning. The whole world is better off that you don't do that, Kurt. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not expecting to find anything. It's, yeah, it's 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 fine. So to kind of get back, or to answer another point about your thing, um, another thing 3D printing is great for is fast rendition of, um, I'm, I'm completely blanking on the word, but uh, prototyping. So you can prototype with a 3D printer, print out what you what you want it to look like in very quick succession making fine-tunements to it so that you're not trying to, you know, you don't have to go through the extra steps of sending off the file to get injection molded or anything and then getting it back and um, doing that. And it can speed up the process of just prototyping and getting certain things made, even in metal, because you can print it in plastic and then have it cast in metal to... Uh, be way more durable than obviously plastic would be. Also, <clears throat> there are, you know, like he kind of just said, there's different uh, types of filaments that you can use when you're 3D printing. Uh, they have hard plastic. Now they have flexible plastic that bends. They have carbon fiber, wood, uh, Resin. Metal, resin. There's all these different avenues that you can go through now that will uh, eventually give people the ability to kind of do whatever they want. Now, the technology hasn't really gotten there yet as far as making it the average consumer, but it's moving very quickly, and it has progressed a lot in the last three to five years. Well, and yeah, and to speak to that, one of the, the newer things that uh, I've found out about recently was you can actually 3D print in ceramic. Well, you can 3D print with um, clay without 
too much trouble. That's one of the projects I want to try and do too. I have an old Delta printer that I bought really cheap that I want to turn into a clay printer. Um, but with resin, they infuse this resin with ceramic. And I think it's, it's heavily shifted in the ceramic. I could be wrong. And then you 3D print it with um, a resin printer and get your object, then you kiln fire it to a specific degree or a specific temperature to burn out all the resin. And what you're left with is a fully ceramic piece, which can be way more intricate than um, if you were to try and do it the traditional way of working with ceramic. So it can just get just a lot more detail, uh, a lot more uh, precision is, uh, with the 3D printer. Yeah, and just general, yeah, I guess detail um, and making things that you wouldn't physically, or you could physically mold with clay or pottery. Um, well, I guess clay, let's say clottery, that's not a word. Um, but yeah, with the printer, it can print those intricate designs that would take a, a regular person a long time to put into the object, and then you just fire it and all of a sudden you have this very intricate pottery piece that would have taken way more time to do if you had tried to do it manually. Uh, so, so yeah, you basically, you know, it's really, it can be technical. Um, sometimes it's, it's fairly, uh, uh, related to how much time uh, you're willing to put into it and how much kind of savvy you have as far as computers. Um, if you're just trying to print files off the internet, that's super easy. If you're trying to render and send pieces out and, you know, um, get a prototype done, that's a little more intensive. But all around, you know, it's kind of a tool that we're finding is good for everyone if they, uh, you know, have a computer and a 3D printer. Right. And it seems sort of like a, a lot of, it was warm, the bed's got to be warm. Somehow that's, I, warm bed's good. It's very sort of a, a Goldilocks and the Three Bears kind of situation. Like it can't be too cold, it can't be too hot, it's just got to be just right. Uh, or I'm assuming it melts or it doesn't, I don't know, it's like, I don't imagine, but is it sort of setting the temperature? I imagine that's a lot of trial and error. Uh, not so much. Uh, not, yeah, it's usually set to a standard degree. Uh, I think mine runs at like degrees Celsius. And uh, that works pretty good. It, it gives it a good base for the print to stick, <coughs> stick to. If it's too cold, then it doesn't, it wants to hard too quickly and then it doesn't attach correctly to the to the bed hairsprayer glue will fix that as odd as that sounds i've had to use it a ton i saw a lot of aquanet in the backgrounds of videos that surprised because I, I i hadn't seen that since the 80s so there's something with the some of the stickiness helps it from uh, like if you if you peel it up it doesn't stay stuck or what i guess what does well, the actual hairspray do see a, a lot of people use glass to print on and glass itself doesn't necessarily lend itself to being a good surface for plastic to stick to. So a lot of people use hairspray, glue, stuff like that to help the plastic stick to the bed better. 
not necessarily make it stick. Like I use glue sticks myself on my printers and it will make the plastic just firmly stuck to the uh, print bed, but it's more so to help it stick for the first few layers so that it doesn't have issues. In my, my concern, if I'm if I'm using '80s hairspray Aquanet stuff, I'm afraid everything I'm going to make is going to have bangs. <laughs> is my concern. Like that's how do you avoid that? Do you do you trim it afterwards or? Uh, you know, in the '80s, were you remember '80s bangs? I remember bowl cuts, which I guess you know could be bangs. All right, ladies, ladies with the hairspray, with the the giant. Oh yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. Ozone killing '80s hairdos of ladies. Chris might be a, a little younger for that one. But yeah, no, it's it, it doesn't. Uh, what's a good way to put this? Yeah, it just kind of helps the process. Um. There's a lot of printers, like my main printer I use is a Pressa Mark IIs, and it's designed that I shouldn't need this stuff, but the um, the bed itself, although it works great, it still has issues when it comes to certain things sticking, um, and it could just be tweaks that I have to do, uh, but I found that just that little bit of extra tackiness on the plate itself helps prevent the problems from coming up later down the line. Cause I've almost all of my failed prints have been because of um, the first layer screwing up. Hmm. I don't know about Chris. Um, Cause I know he has, what is it? Uh, it's not any cubic. He has an anti cubic uh, printer. We may have lost him. He's not. He's not even going to respond to that. He's so yeah, offended. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, no. It's and every printer is different. That's the biggest thing. Is um, every printer has its own set way of uh, or its own finickiness that it uh, will try and work at. There's a lot that are better at, and there's a lot that need a lot of fine tuning and little adjustments and stuff like that. Cause right now I have two printers. Well, I have one, my daughter has one at, sorry, I should have said three cause my wife has a printer too, <clears throat> but hers is a resin printer. I've got the Pressa and then my wife or my daughter's got a, um, it's one of the more popular, especially for the entry level. Um, it's an Ender three pro. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly surprising, um, how far or how cheap it has gotten to get into, uh, 3d printing, printing as of late. So well, it's been around for what, 10, 10 years ish. I think that's the first time I heard about it, you know, and you'd see those slow, you know, building something that took forever, but well, and it's just like everything else, just that the technology is just getting better and better and better and just uh, lowering the price for everybody. Well, it wasn't so much that if and I could be entirely wrong, but I, I think I have most of this story or how it happened. Correct. But when um, uh, when 
not win. Uh, there used to be a patent that was held on 3D printers. I don't know the company. I don't know the exact specifics about it. But it wasn't until that patent expired that 3D printing was able to take off into the consumer market. And that was one of the biggest things was um, no one was able to... Because there was 3D printers before it, but they were usually home-built. They didn't have mass... Um, just a massive community behind it to help iron out the kinks and everything and get things working 100%. So it's been fairly recent that 3D printers were even able to be commercially sold, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm guessing... <laughs> Uh, I think I'm finally back. I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. I was going to say, all of a sudden, Chris just went quiet. Did your toaster stop working? Might have. <laughs> the problem was he was cooking an English muffin at the same time and yeah. zapped all of his energy. Damn it. Focus. English muffin later. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Kirk, just to just to bring that back a little bit, um, this this filament that you're that you're using on the printer comes out of the extruder at about uh, two hundred and five degrees ish Celsius, which is you know wow. pretty warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a little toasty. So it basically becomes kind of like a liquid, if you can picture that. And when it hits the bed it cools relatively quickly. And so if it's not sticking very well to the bed, it will actually uh, warp and start to kind of pull away. And that's why you need it to be fairly sticky. Okay. So it's, uh, I'm picturing, you know, it's like it starts to run or it, it doesn't stay, it doesn't stick where it's supposed to stay in the mold and it starts to kind of ooze out and, not, not be what it's supposed to be. Not really. It's not really oozing. It's it's just not because it cools almost instantly, uh, but it basically hardens, but it doesn't stick. And since you're putting layer on layer on layer, if the first one doesn't stick to the print, then the second one doesn't. It kind of gets goofy, and it won't put it exactly on top and then it just starts to Snowball. clog up your yeah it once that starts to happen uh everything gets out of control and then you might as well just stop your print because it's not going to work yeah okay it's, it's if, if the, the, the first layer is bad that makes right is that so first layer yeah. bad then just throw it all it's the whole it's not going to get better it's not necessarily there's i mean it depends on how it goes bad but a, a good way to picture this is um Okay, I had an analogy and then I lost it. But as it's as it's going down, like Chris said, it's you're getting the plastic to the point where it's it's soft enough to be pushed through the extruder, but almost to the point where it can harden almost like that. So there's fans and stuff on the extruder itself that help cool it. But when you're putting down that layer, and especially the biggest thing I've noticed is when it makes turns. So if you were to draw a line and turn around without ever lifting up your pen, where it where that turn happens is where the plastic starts cooling 
and bending back on itself. And that's where you end up with issues. When you guys say extruder, is it hard not to think of strudel? Because you're, um, it's that's where my mind goes. No, I, I can't say I, I've associated an extruder with an extrudel before. Well, Chris, on the time. other hand, I, you know, I'm guessing we, we've lost him again. I, oh, I think I'm back. I don't know. Sorry, guys. This is the first episode. We're still trying to iron out some of these difficulties here. Like the fact you've got a computer from i honestly think i was thinking about this and i honestly think some of the high-end computers in like 95 could run better than yours your email estate is still aol.com so that's a sign right there chris you might you might yeah. update all right okay i'll look at it and this computer. is coming from me the, the, the technology dummy and the, the i think we may have to switch roles now i had no idea well, I, I would say Chris definitely doesn't have uh, quite the experience with computers. Computers really isn't my strong suit. I'm I'm good at a lot of things, but computers I've just never really... If I can plug it in and it works and, you know, occasionally takes me where I want to go, I'm okay with it. Okay. Well, it's funny. Yeah, because, well, you're not a people person, so now you're not a computer You're kind of running out of options here, Chris, really. I mean, computers are taking over, and you don't, you know, you're not buddies with them. It's just going to be you and you and the family, and that's about it. Oh. I, I, I figured out sorry. how <laughs> I figured out how to use a 3D printer, so I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. All right, that's true. Yeah. Oh. I, I had a George Foreman girl for a while too, and it, it you know, that kind of that did me some good. I, I will have to say he did manage to stream from his Xbox last night, so you know that was a big first for him. Yes, and just it's all about the baby steps. Just to kind of plug myself a little bit, guys. Anybody listening? Uh, I will be doing a live stream after the show from my Xbox and it should be better than the first one, but still maybe not that good. But if well, you do want to come over and true. check, <laughs> if you do want to come check it out, uh, I do like to play bad video games uh, while drinking. So just in case you want to come check it out. Well, what video game is like? Do you have it picked out already? What you what you're gonna play? Yeah, right now I'm on Destiny Two, and it's a fast-paced alien shooter, which doesn't go well for me generally. I like to say the only thing that gets gets killed faster than me in Destiny is my beer. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. Out of everyone, I'm surprised you're the one that stuck around with first-person shooters so long because i mean i was always okay at them but hey have you seen my computer well i yeah well no i'm just saying in general um because as much as i used to like them i just realized that you know most 10 year olds are better at those games than i am and sometimes you just have to admit it and Decide to oh, yeah. that's the hand eye hey. coordination. They're just too quick. <laughs> decide to just that's play what... Minecraft. 
Hence the beer. <laughs> You're not wrong. Now, I've, I've never seen your computer, but I'm just now picturing it like it's a big, uh, it's like powered by steam is what I'm picturing. It's got a big, <laughs> like that kind of situation. You know, like it shouldn't be gas powered. You might need to plug it in. <laughs> well, I'll work on it, Kirk. You guys are giving me a complex about my computer. Well, you, you do know how much my computer costs me, right? I think I'm... Hey, hey, let's not talk about price. It's not about price. Mine right now is sitting at... Since I built it in 2013, I've put probably close to $3,000 into it. Mostly because my motherboard fried a couple months back. And I found this one on the side of the road. I, I could tell. So... Win-win for me. It's free, and we're streaming on a podcast as we speak. So, well, you're, I think I'm doing you, okay. You've cut out twice, and you seem to have the the uh, the hardest time with the talking, or with it going through Discord. Just saying. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so, now that we're the the well. Our rough plan before we started the stream was to talk about uh, SpaceX first, and instead we went on a wild tangent of 3D printing, which was fine. It actually worked out, I thought, quite well. Um, yeah, anybody, anybody who is listening to this podcast, I have a feeling that we will come into this with a very solid plan and stick to it about 1%. And oh, if that. If that. <laughs> This is going to be a fun one, so anybody listening should at least get a pretty good ride. That's all I'm saying. And it's only going to yeah, go... It's, it's a conversation. It could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's free form. And it's only going to get better the more we do it. Because this is the first time in... Nope. Kid just crashed. Nope. Just our headphones. Um, so this is the first time since... 20 i want to say i stopped doing videos on youtube in 2013 that i've messed with anything like this uh, that's because they outlawed nudes well <laughs> 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 well and in fairness i was going for a i was going into a market that was already heavy heavily saturated and well, I sound like me, so that doesn't help anything. And uh, Chris was yeah, there's talking... lots of porn sites out there. <laughs> just saying. Chris was talking or telling me earlier. He, he went through to listen. Uh, you were what listening to the stream back that you did last night, and it is really hard listening to yourself talk for any it's length miserable. of time. I I don't oh, want to yeah. listen to myself. Your own voice is yeah, it sounds terrible to you. And uh, it is quintessential uh, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And the thing uh, that I I just didn't, I'm not a very uh, motivated person. I mean, it's hard to see and I I don't know. I'll have to wait and look at it back. But the uh, little black hole animation I've got going on is actually spinning. I probably slowed it down a little bit too much to, uh, 
Uh, you can kind of tell. Or at least I hope. Um, uh, with with my computer, it it's it's about halfway loaded. So I'll let you know <laughs> here in a little bit. His his computer is still trying to connect to dial up, so it's it's yeah. trying real hard. It got through, and yeah. Oh, is that what that noise is? <laughs> yeah, you, you God, got knocked I... off. You got knocked off by a phone call from 1992. So that's uh, that was a while ago. That that's one noise. I I do not miss whatsoever. Oh, oh, that screech! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, me and Chris. I mean, we're close enough in age that we grew up right as the internet was kind of exploding. Um, and luckily enough, we had access to it. Well, kind of had access to it. I know. Uh... All I know is that AOL CDs were great BB targets. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, grew up right at the beginning of it. I remember, well, yeah, I remember, oops, excuse me, doing um, internet-related stuff in, like, I want to say fifth grade, but I might be wrong. I think that was like very early internet. Yeah, because I was playing. I was playing the Oregon Trail back then. So, well, yeah, classic I, game. Oregon Trail. I died right? of died of dysentery a lot. You know, I actually have the handheld version of that. I need to find it. I do too. I, I, Chris, when yeah. when don't you have dysentery, Chris? Can we just start there? <laughs> that would be an easier conversation to have. That's not the point, Kirk. I'm saying in the game, I died of it a lot. In the oh, game. in the game? Okay, I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah, so... But... Things like dysentery, you'd have to, like, people, like, while you were, like, having horrible diarrhea, people would be, like, dissing you the whole time. That's what I'm picturing. Like, oh, man... That guy has loose too. That was, that was not a good one, but uh, something like that, you know. Like, I do like how I brought up SpaceX, and then when we immediately got back onto <laughs> dial-up. Let's and... talk about let's talk about SpaceX because SpaceX is interesting. They're doing Starlink, which is bringing in the future of satellite internet for the whole world. Basically, is the plan. It's kind of interesting. Well, the um, interesting, be cool. Yes, yeah, Starlink is interesting, but for, well, I mean, it would be nice to have not. Well, I don't have cap data, uh, but Starlink isn't. I don't think um, Starlink is the uh, the biggest focus. I'm super interested in uh, the Starship because the Starship is essentially you know what's gonna take us farther and beyond actual earth starship is interesting it was just in the news it actually launched and landed then exploded well you how, say launch. how long between, like how long did it land and like was it like a minute or like no it I, was I, I watched the video but i couldn't tell it was about what they say six to eight minutes 
I don't remember. Okay, okay. Well, that's enough. That's enough to get out of the spaceship. So, well, you know, move so your it's, it's, this is go, the, this is the thing with that I've been. Um, oops, sorry about that. Hold on, just a second, Chris. Take over. Yeah, so we've been uh, looking at this. Um, they just launched, landed, and then exploded, which is kind of interesting. I mean, the fact that you could get a rocket to land. Is something that's never been done before. Yes, it has. So there. Sorry, I not a microphone. There it is. Um, so Falcon's been landing for years now. Starship isn't. Oh. Um, okay, well maybe maybe I'm confused. Answer this question for me: Is is the Starship a payload launch for like satellites, or is this a crewed? Like a mission, you know, a, a spaceship that would take a, a crew up into space. Both. So, I don't know how familiar you both are with Falcon 9. So, Falcon 9 is what SpaceX is currently using to do its um, crewed and uh, satellite missions. Um, it is... Oh, I'm going to look this up so I don't sound completely wrong. Uh, but the Falcon 9 is... Uh, I'm trying to think of the the size. So 12 feet in diameter. So yeah, it was three meters uh, across, and it's although massive and tall, it still doesn't have even with the crew. I think it can take a max of seven people into space. So when they did Starship, Starship is nine meters across. So or nine meters in diameter, not diameter. Um, or maybe it is diameter, um, which is what? 27 feet. Correct. Um, ish. Yeah. When it was first announced, Starship was planned to take a hundred people into orbit. That was the goal was to get a hundred people into Starship to get it into, um, orbit. They've scaled that back massively, and I think it's can crew 20 now, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, 100, 100, that seems ridiculous. I mean, let's, let's, let's scale it down a bit. Yeah, I can't even well, believe they started that high. Because Starship is designed to go to Mars. Not necessarily designed just to go to Mars, but that was a big focus of it is yes you could That's elon musk's thing like he wants to go to mars right yes and you can go to mars theoretically there's nothing stopping us from going to mars right now with the technology we currently have um getting to mars no, there's no toll roads are you sure well getting to mars is easy it's getting back that's the not easy part because if you Let's say you take something like the Apollo lander, something everyone's familiar with. If you put enough behind it or enough rocket behind it, it could get to Mars. It would never get back, but it could get to Mars. Um, right. You're limited by the amount of fuel that it, that you can carry. And without being able to refuel, you'd never be able to launch again and get back here. And that's one of the biggest points of Starship is it uses methane, which can be refined theoretically on Mars because all of the chemicals needed to refine methane are available on Mars. Same with the moon. 
in theory. Um, as long as you have the basic elements to refine methane, you can refine methane and you can refuel Starship once um, you're already landed. Well, I think, Chris, as a patriotic American, I think you have to volunteer to help uh, with your uh, ability to create methane the way you do. <laughs> I think you're going to have to go to Mars because you will be able to power us back just almost, with methane. I was going to say almost single-handedly. I really think, I honestly, you know, I think we found, you know, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, Chris. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was I was really I was really <laughs> hoping that that wouldn't get out because I don't want to be contacted. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you but, telling me the the pooperazzi is all over you? Hey. <laughs> okay. Never mind. But yeah, so it's a very it, it's a very interesting concept with the because it's really cool, right? The idea of space. Uh, being able to get to Mars, whether or not we even need to be there, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the, with the Perseverance landing uh, this last week and a half, it's been really cool to see the pictures of Mars and at least some of them that have come through. And, you know, the uh, fact that we're actually there taking pictures, but it doesn't look like there's anything there for us. Well, it's not so much about that. Would you have faulted Columbus? Well, I guess Columbus wasn't exactly looking for new land, but everyone that followed him was. It's more so... Something I was watching recently said that the amount of precious minerals that are on like Mars and Earth are um, astronomical compared to what you know we've already found. And that's the biggest thing with going to these planets. It's yes... Do we need to set up a colony on Mars? Probably not. But, I mean, if you look back through history, that's that's what humans do. We expand and, you know, colonize. I mean, there's people living in Antarctica. And um, that's not something that, you know, yes, they're mostly there for science, but I think it's just human drive to go to a new planet or, you know, go to new places that we haven't been and see what we can do because i mean realistically if i had the ability to go to mars i if i wasn't married with kids i absolutely would uh i think i would too um maybe after the technology gets a little better and i see rockets not explode upon landing but well, and so and that's the thing that a lot of people don't get is these starships that they're testing, they've done three of these high-altitude tests. The, they were never expecting to land. The first one, they didn't expect to completely do what it was supposed to do anyway. This is a new new design, new engines, new everything. So they were expecting failure a lot sooner than failure happened, which is a good thing. But let's take Starship 10, the one that launched uh, a couple days ago. The reason it failed, because it landed successfully. But if you watch the video, it bounces really hard off the ground. And the legs that were supposed to um, support it just couldn't take the weight of, uh, you know, 
how I think it's the starship itself is 50 meters tall, or something close to that. It's pretty big. Yeah, and I mean it's essentially a skyscraper. And he's they're trying to land what is essentially a skyscraper on Earth after it's flown in the air. And they knew the landing legs I I don't know if they knew, but a lot of people have suspected that the landing legs just weren't adequate enough for landing. And that's exactly what happened. It landed, the landing legs all broke, and it landed on its skirt. And the leading, I think the leading um, reason for why it exploded is there was a fire underneath the skirt and possibly damage from it landing on the skirt that caused the methane that was in the tank above the engines to pop. Because it blows up right underneath, um, right at the very bottom of the tank of methane. And the fire... Well, that's one of the problems, right, is the fact that methane is a fairly flammable gas. Well, so is oxygen. Well, yes, but, you know, comparatively, it's, you know, you have to make sure that that's under control. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of explosions. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing with rockets, though. It's, you know, it's an explosion with an engine. Those solid rocket boosters that uh, the shuttle used, those were essentially fireworks strapped to the side. You turned them on, you couldn't turn them off until they burnt themselves out. Well, and, and that's why, like, you know, we've been using the Russian Soyuz capsule for so long because it's fairly stable and we can kind of predict what it's going to do. Um, well, yes, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong, but it's also because the shuttle retired. Um, and the... Well, fun, funding and all that stuff definitely played a part. Uh, you know, money is a huge thing. Well, and the shuttle, as much as I love the shuttle, it really wasn't a very practical um ship to use in space it was uh it was designed for missions that it i don't think it ever actually did and uh that was what partially led to the downfall is it was well it was a expensive to replace because every time it came back they had to replace every single tile underneath the the belly of the ship which you know costs a lot because those are not those weren't cheap tiles to replace and then you had all of the uh the oh i'm blanking on the name the one that happened over texas wasn't challenger it was uh saturn no 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 the the shuttle that broke up over texas I'm blanking on the name. I, I, I know I which one you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of it. Kirk, any ideas? I, the only thing that popped my head was Explorer, but I don't think that's right. I know that the, the rover was named... It was Columbia. Columbia. Okay, Columbia. Yeah, I was okay. like... I, but, I mean, that was that was part of the problem is you have... Shuttles are big, and they do... They did what they needed to do well which was, you know, get large parts up to the ISS. But, because you can't exactly fit whole habitation modules in a little Soyuz or anything like that. It's just too small. 
Um, and that's where the shuttle really shone through was it was able to take that stuff. And that's the same thing that's going to be with the Starship. I think the Starship, volume-wise, is going to have a much higher carrier capacity than the shuttle. And I could be entirely wrong on that. But I think it has a bigger cargo capacity than the shuttle. And it will be able to take... I know the Falcon Heavy I is taking some of the Lunar Gateway to the moon. But the Starship... Which... Oh, go ahead. The cool, I was just going to say the cool part about it is once we start to maybe establish places like if we get a base on the moon or, you know, like a habitat on Mars, that only leads to further space exploration that we can't really do right now. I mean, we can theorize and say that, oh, yeah, we can see it with the telescope, but for the most part, until we actually have the ability to go check out uh, a theoretical, you know, exoplanet that has well uh, the possibilities on it, and that in and of itself is going to be a the the easiest way to put it, put this, especially for well, it's just in general terms is. We're not leaving the solar system without something like a warp drive from Star Trek. Um, our closest... which essentially, which essentially, from what I can tell, would turn you into jelly, and you well, you would essentially no because it, so they theoretically, or they've said it is theoretically possible to do what or to make a warp field that could get you to other places. Um, that's something that is theoretically possible right now. Are we able to make it? Absolutely not. I think instead of the focus being exoplanets outside of our solar system, which, I mean, realistically, we're never going to see in our lifetime anything from there unless, you know, we get visited by someone that has the technology far greater than our own. Um, the interesting places are going to be planets, or not planets, moons in our solar system, like the ones around Saturn and Jupiter. Um, the one in around yeah, Saturn, like your like Titan. And are stuff you like speaking that. towards like your Titan and Europa? Yeah, yeah, the ones that we know have potential physical or liquid water on them. Um, at least in at least in ice form, anyway. Well, which one is there? There. Is it Europa that has potential liquid water? I think Europa is ice. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, I know... Yeah, see, and that's the problem is they've been finding new ways to detect water. Like, they've recently discovered water on Venus. Not water. Um, potential life on Venus. That's it. That's living in Venus's hypothetical um, habitable zone. And this is, and I'm not going to remember most of this because this was months ago that I read about it, but they were able to detect a certain element that is found on Earth but produced by organic um, organisms. That's not exactly <laughs> by organisms. And they found it in significant quantities in Venus's atmosphere. 
Okay, before we continue, I have to ask one question. Ask Kirk, me. are you completely lost? <laughs> I'm following a bit, but you guys were talking just the we don't have the technology yet. Uh, and at the beginning, we we're talking about how the Mars rover found nothing. What about this theory? How about all of the Martians left before we got there to avoid gentrification? Because they just couldn't <laughs> stand us setting up a Chipotle and then they just took <laughs> off. So well, throwing that out. There. Well, and see, that's the thing I think is the most interesting about Mars is if if the models are correct, it had atmosphere and potentially was more habitable than Earth was or is back before its core stopped. Um and that's that's one of the biggest reasons why we're going after Mars and that's why Perseverance landed where it did is because it landed in what they think was an old um river outlet. Right. It's a crater that they think used to be at least a lake or some sort of water source of some kind. Well, and had that is just no longer there. Well, and it had I mean, they found water on Mars. That that's they've known about this forever, and it keeps getting. Um, I was going to say rationalized, but that's not the the right word. Um, it keeps making headlines because they keep finding different ways that the water's on Mars. Um, like the last one was in a Fiji bottle. They thought that was kind <laughs> of suspicious. Yeah, but I. Yeah. Or, or what about they, they named it the Perseverance? Like to me, like a wasted opportunity. They should have named the rover Bruno, and then <laughs> it would be a big, huge plug for the Bruno Mars. You know what I mean? Like every, I mean, wasted opportunity, guys. You could have dropped a new single, and you could have been all over the place. <laughs> Dummies. Uh, well, th that would have been the reason that all the Martians left. Is the problem? <laughs> they don't like Bruno Mars. That's all right. Not for everybody. Yeah. Well, we don't, you know, I hate to stop us there, but we don't have to get that deep uh, into the first podcast. This, uh, I was going to say, you know, because halt, our, original halt goal, that converse. <laughs> our original goal was just to, to do this for an hour. We're already over that. I agree. And... <laughs> I agree that time. Yes, that yeah. is an, it's been 60 yes. minutes. Time has passed. Hey, my, my computer is technologically advanced enough to have a clock on it. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, fancy pants. You think you're better than me? Yes, I, but I, not I, for that reason. I hate to break it to you, Chris. My watch also has a clock on it. That's also a phone. What's a watch? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah your that, that, that was, that, that was a, a bit of a pity laugh there all right so i think uh one of our most exciting bits not bits but one well, of the most exciting segments that we will have on this particular podcast is one that i'm uh proud of and i think that it's worth waiting till the end because I have a feeling it has the opportunity to be tunity to be pretty epic. And uh, what? Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna oh say, no, go ahead. I, I was, yeah. So what he's, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you by telling you that I was going to say, there's not much on there. Um, 
go ahead back with your um, explanation then. Okay, so essentially every every week we're going to do a blind react to uh, something trending on Reddit or, you know, wherever we find it. Probably Reddit because they have interesting stuff. But uh, we're just going to do a blind react, whether it be 3D printing space, whatever it is. And being that we have uh, Mr. Kirk Buckout, the comedian, and two guys who kind of know what we're looking at, it should be a pretty interesting segment. So uh, we will work this on our is, this intro. Is blind. This is completely blind. So I'm I'm going to – have you guys poked at your eyeballs yet? Because I'm just about to. You must stop me. Right? <laughs> oh, okay, now. All right. You guys uh, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna put some stuff up on the screen. It should be uh, you know a little bit interesting, a little fun, a little silly. Uh, don't expect too much, but yeah, there, join us for the ride. There wasn't a whole lot um, this week, and I'm I'm just looking at the images. Um, in I'll have to remind myself uh, when I post this to YouTube at the very end. I'll put a link to all three of these posts um, on the YouTube channel um, when I do post this, which we haven't talked about, but were you, were you thinking Monday, Chris? Uh, whatever's clever. Um, I know you've got a little bit of a schedule, so whichever, yeah. you know, Monday's fine. I have to hit three buttons to upload this to YouTube. I think I can handle that. Uh, my computer has to. My computer has to, you know, have the little spinning sand dial bar for like twenty four hours. So, yeah, no, um, I, I was thinking like Monday morning. No, Monday morning's perfect. All right, so here comes the first one. I found three things that were moderately interesting that are relevant to what we were talking about today from the three D printing subreddit. Uh, here is the first one. Without and... further further ado, we have Reddit React. Yeah, that. Reddit no. React. No, no, don't. <laughs> Are we supposed to be able to see it? I'm uh, not Discord thing. Right. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Hold on. Remember, this is our first episode, guys. And I just pulled up, you know, Discord. Um, can you see anything on Discord, Kirk? Um, no, nothing's popped up. Am I? Hold on. I see what looks to be a duck. No, it's uh, some sort of wood print. Yes. It looks like. I think it's a stock. Watch it looks stream? Like... Is that what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah click that. Click watch stream, Kirk. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, um, and I didn't look too far into this. I started reading about it, but then I um, kind of got distracted with the kids' stuff. But it sounded like this was multiple, um, not multiple, two different types of plastic to get this look. It looks like it's a, it's like peg legs for pi a pirate that lost both of his legs. He's a, he's going to be a double peg leg. That's what this looks like to me. And possibly he could take those legs off and turn them into a butt of a gun. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, I do like the uh, the pirate pig leg. 
but no, just... it is it is really cool as far as like the wood grain effect that they were able to achieve if yeah. that's plastic. Well, and you can it, it, it's easier to see on my screen than it is probably on the one you guys are looking at, but it definitely has that plastic gloss to it. Um, yeah, you can certainly see like the the glossiness, the reflection, but it does have a very cool wood grain to it. So the fact that someone put that time and effort in to make that, it's pretty cool. Accidentally muted myself. Not um, really sure how a. I don't know how it's going to help a pirate. But... <laughs> so, well, I don't know. Ready for number two. This one may be a little harder to see. I might have to. Okay, this kind of ties into what we were talking about last week. Oh, 3D printed guitar. Those things are so cool. I'm I'm really working on trying to put one together. Yeah, because, well, I say last week, like we recorded anything. Um, I recorded myself talking to people that might have been there. Um, <laughs> but yes, last week. We didn't, we didn't talk last week. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about ways to or we were talking about 3d printed guitars and this is a perfect example um so you're as kirk was asking you know it's you're printing the body which for an electric guitar adds some of the the sound that you do get out of the guitar but it's not and chris can explain this better than me because i haven't touched a guitar in years, but uh... as a and I'm an avid guitar player, as is Kirk, and you do get a little resonation from the body, but but a lot of your sound comes from your pickups, uh, which are the um, pieces in the middle that the strings sit over. That's what really brings in your sound and you know uh, puts it into your amplifier. Uh, so. The design really doesn't play as much part. I mean, it really, you know, in the old school guitar, it does. But in this scenario, I imagine it sounds just fine. Uh, probably pretty good with the pickups that they have used. And uh, they are wow. using a, a pre-manufactured uh, neck. So they're getting their, their sound quality from there as well. Well, and like I said, you're going to potentially lose some of the the wood feel, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if it was an acoustic guitar, I think it would be a bigger thing, but it's an electric with the pickups. To be honest, yeah, I don't, th I mean, uh, the, the body isn't going to make that much of a difference. No. Uh, I mean, if, if it's semi hollow or uh, like that, but I think with this one, yeah, it's all, you're getting that sound from the pickups and the body is just sort of decoration. It looks like. Well, I that mean, one really wants. I really want to eat some like honeycomb cereal. <laughs> looking at that, but I want to. I want to uh, like rub. I want to wipe my uh, snow-covered boots on it. Is what I want to do. <laughs> it looks like. Uh, it, it looks like a mat. And it it it's hard to tell, but it looks like it's in about four five pieces. So your printer could probably do that, Chris. Uh, yes, I am. I have been working on that model on my printer for about three weeks. And the problem is, is I just haven't found a design that I'm okay with and I'm not technically sound enough, or do I have a good enough computer to make a model for it? 
Okay. So gotcha. when you do make it, just don't don't break that one and light it on fire, okay? Because <laughs> it's way too much work. All right. And then for the last one, this kind of ties into how we were talking about functional stuff. Um, oop, and I have to resize this. Uh, it can make toilet paper? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Nope. Turned it off. Sorry. Uh, that that would be the worst toilet paper in the world. <laughs> no, it's yeah, a, that uh, would be worse than one. You know what? To be honest, like, I think if once you get like over the age of thirty, you're like Scott. Toilet paper is not for my bum. I I think no. more of a butthole than but, to do that to it. But this is a good example of a functional print because you have you know yes you can stack towels up or you could do it in a more decorative uniform way. I don't yes, know. This is, you know, I would put this in the obsessive compulsive category. Can I say that? <laughs> These are <laughs> everybody else is like, you know, my towels, you know, they dry me and everything, but uh, they're just not circular and standing up. I got to fix well, this. Well, and it reminds it reminds me of an old napkin ring that you would get on a napkin at a fancy restaurant. And well, yeah, those that's... weren't really places I frequented. So <laughs> it just kind of makes me feel out of place. I think this you're not good enough for your own bathroom basically. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's more is... it's more decorative. Like if you're gonna have towels out, you could have them all just laying on the counter or something like this. Is it practical or it not so much practical. Is it a hundred percent useful or needed? Probably not. Is it aesthetic, I guess, to the to the you know, to the right person? Like, I wouldn't have any place uh, to put this myself. I feel like it's a cool idea. Um, it's a good conversation piece. Yeah. So when someone, you know, runs out of TP and uses the towel, they can be like, hey, <laughs> that's a really cool towel holder, uh, by the way. Um, but, no, it's really cool. It has a good, uh, good look to it, and it is functional. It's just not going to be for everybody. Yeah. All right. I'm not letting you use my bathroom next time you come over. Just <laughs> P.S. Mister can't tell the difference between toilet paper and paper and, and towels. So. Yeah. You already banned me once. I'm not hurt. <laughs> you know what you did, and rightfully so. And you know what? I I had to apologize to my toilet for having to put up with that. And with that, uh, ladies logo. and gentlemen, that's your logo you're talking about, right? Okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's the a new black hole. Cut you off. I'm sorry, you were you were doing you were doing a dismount, so I'll let you do that. Oh no no no! <laughs> yeah, if this is the first time you've seen it. I, I I was under the impression that you could have you were looking at it from um, the start, but yeah, no, this is the animation I worked on last weekend. Yeah, it was right after we uh, finished talking. I started working on this, and. Uh, this is the outcome of my computer processing it all week. Very nice. subtle, because <laughs> I'm it's assuming good. it's it's hard it's, to see on your computer. It's not spinning. But yeah, it's it's when you look at it actually on the computer or, or on my computer, it's it's spinning slow enough. I didn't want it spinning super fast, so I spun it slow enough that it kind of looks more natural. Nice. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe uh, that concludes our first episode. Uh, I, a lot of fun. 
uh, we will look forward to getting a little better, but I think uh, the first episode went pretty darn well. Everybody made it. They, yeah, everybody survived. You know. Nobody was nobody was me tooed. I think it was overall just a success. You know, nothing happened. Yeah, and my computer made it through the whole stream. So surprisingly, thank goodness. Yeah, just be sure to rest, be sure to rest your mules and give them some oats because they're exhausted <laughs> lugging that thing around now. Um. And Chris, you are going to do some destiny after this? Yeah, skulls and arms. Uh, go ahead and jump across and come over to the Xbox if you want, or just watch on Twitch. Um, should so, be a lot of fun. Um, so the stream will go down uh, until Chris gets all of his stuff ready to go. Uh, so what do you think? Probably 20, 30 minutes yeah, at the five. most? Or you think that quick? Yeah, five ten minutes. All I gotta do is uh, fill up my mug and and uh, get this blue light special going, and and we'll have her up and running and get ready for some bad video gaming. All right, I will probably be moderating around in the chat there for a bit, so I'll be there. All right, Kirk, always a pleasure. Uh, we look yep. forward to hearing you next week. D Infinity yeah, X. Times. Have, you, you enjoy, know, you, good can, luck video you can just say John. I'm not. <laughs> but I like saying your name. Well. Yeah, wait, wait a John, minute. John. Wait, wait, wait make it creepy. <laughs> <laughs> always a pleasure. Hey, yeah. you want to talk crap? I'm just going to say it. Uh, Kirk, John, that concludes our first episode. Yep. Everybody. We only have went a good over evening. by about 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> See you on the stream, yeah. guys. All right. Yes, see you next bye. week.